Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talking 313. I'm your host, Ben, and we have a special, special, special guest here today. The fan favorite, highly anticipated, Brett Jansen is back with us. How are you today, Brett? I'm doing pretty good. What's up, guys? Uh, you know, I'm doing great as well. Good to I know. I am so excited for today, Brett. I'm juiced. I'm so happy Logan isn't here. <laughs> so am I. I'm glad to be here. Just can't wait for Logan to listen to it. He's going to shoot me a text right away as soon as he does this. All love to you, Lo. We miss you. Hope you're having fun. No, at home. we don't. Brett doesn't miss Just you. Just kidding. But anyways, on the docket for today, we got some Michigan, Michigan State basketball to talk about, as always. We're going to talk a little bit about the Pistons' recent trades. Uh, there is a little bit of news in the sports world where Tom Brady has retired, and you know, he went to Michigan, and even if he didn't, that's uh, – National sports news. Still big news. Yeah. Yep, yep, so we're yep. going to talk a little Tom Brady. And then, you know, make our picks, talk a little Super Bowl, and we're going to get out. Should be a fun episode for you guys today. Let's get into it with some Michigan basketball. They've been on a heater lately, Brett. They have. They have been on a heater. Beat Ohio State 77 to 69 on Sunday, beat Nebraska 93 to 72 on Wednesday. Both those games came inside Chrysler. They are on a three game winning streak. Two of them coming inside Chrysler, one of them coming in at uh, Northwestern. Dickinson played well in that Ohio State game at a double-double. I think he had a double-double against Nebraska, too. But he played a lot better in the Ohio State game. Did not play bad against Nebraska. Jet, Joey, Hunter, I mean, everybody really had a good game against Nebraska. It was kind of a, a ups and downs game. It was a weird game. But it was. What, what do you make of those two, those two big wins for Michigan? You know what? I think – uh, they've got these last three wins. I think they're finally starting to show a little bit of consistency. This is the first time they've had three wins in a row since the start of the season. Yep. yep. I think, you know, this is what we've been looking for, which is some consistency from this team, and they haven't had that all year. And I think if they can continue with that, maybe get on a roll going into the Big Ten tournament, maybe maybe be able to salvage something from this season. But I think they look good. They were, you know, had some ups and downs in that Nebraska game, but were able to pull out a pretty dominant win. And I think if they can just keep this rolling, I think, you know, maybe there's something to salvage from the rest of the season still. Yeah, I don't think they played very well in the Nebraska game. In all honesty, I think they had some stretches where they looked really good and they had some stretches where they looked really bad. You're not going to be able to do that in these upcoming games. Like you said, they're going to have to continue what they're doing as they probably have their biggest game of the season coming up home against Indiana this Saturday at 6 o'clock. Indiana's a team that's been on a heater as well, just like yep. Michigan. They're, they've been on a tear. They're of a very, very good basketball team, just beat Rutgers and Purdue. Now, both of those wins came inside their building, and this is their, their first, not first, but like their their first road game in a little while yep. that they're going to have to play inside Chrysler. So hopefully those Michigan fans come prepared to bring some energy. Right, Brett? Yeah, that's all right. That's right. Chrysler, I want to hear a little buzz. If you're juiceless, you're useless. If you're juiceless, you're useless. Brett said it perfectly. What, what do you make of that Indiana game? That's probably, uh, in my opinion, is probably the the game that could decide our season. Yeah, I think this makes or breaks, you know, what the rest of the season is going to be. They've got these wins, but, I mean, you've got them, but they're not against very great teams. You know, Ohio State's not having a very good year. Nebraska's not all that great. I think this kind is – kind of why we didn't dwell on those games and talked a lot about them. It's two, yeah. two wins that you needed to have, but two wins against not very good teams. Right. And I think this game is the first, you know, test off those games that can – it's going to decide if it makes or breaks, uh, you know, can this team keep up that level of play against a solid basketball team? Yeah. You know, right now at Bart Torvik, they have this really fancy thing called the Tony cast where it tells you a percentage chance of them to make the tournament. I love Torvik. I love Ken Palm, all that. 
if you're a basketball fan and you don't know those websites, get on them. Ken Palm, Torvik, gives you all sorts of different numbers. You know, we're not sponsored or anything. I sound like <laughs> I'm giving a sponsored message right now, but I, I you know, they're very fun to look at. Uh, Michigan has an 11.9% chance to make the tournament right now at Bart Torvik's tourney cast, which uh, frankly is not very good. <laughs> not very good. However, I think with these two games coming up, you have two very big opportunities. They're now, I think, two and eight in quad one opportunities. These are probably two quad one opportunities. Indiana on the road or at home is 100% a quad one opportunity. Wisconsin might be on the border, maybe quad two, but I, I think Wisconsin's a quad one opportunity. So I think these two games, you know, you get to four and eight quad one opportunities. You get to, I believe, 16 and 10 they would be on the season if they win both those games. Yep. That's a huge thing. Against Indiana, going a little deeper into that, uh, I am terrified of the ball screen action that Trace Jackson Davis, Jalen Huchifino, and, and any type of guard, Trey Galloway, any type of guard that Indiana is going to throw out there is going to have because you even saw it against Nebraska when they put a ball screen, and, and that's been a problem all year, but against Nebraska it showed a lot. When they put a ball screen on Hunter Dickinson, not well, not necessarily Hunter Dickinson, with the center on one of our guards, it was almost – they didn't guard at all. And Trace Jackson Davis is a really quick, like, big that's going to be able to score in the paint. It's going to have a lot of points. You have to limit Trace Jackson Davis if you're going to win this game, and I think no better player to do that than Hunter Dickinson. However, in Hunter Dickinson's career, Trace Jackson Davis has – sort of owned Hunter Dickinson, you know, yep. there's been performances. I don't have the stats here, but I, I remember watching some games where Trace Jackson Davis just absolutely tore apart Hunter Dickinson down low. And that can't happen. No. I honestly cannot happen. And if it does, I think we're going to lose pretty handedly. Uh, I, I really hope, obviously I hope they win the game, but just show some fight in this game because there's going to be a stretch where they get down. I, I don't expect Michigan to get oh, yeah. up in this game and lead the whole entire game. If they do, this is a whole new ball club. But I, I don't think that's what they're going to do. My guess is there's going to be some times where they get down pretty big. Show some fight. Show some grit. Show some toughness. And if you do, you could end up winning this game, I think. What yep. do you think? I agree. I think, you know, there's – I don't see Michigan at all getting a chance to be, you know, far ahead in this game. I think it's going to be close. Like you said, they could be down a bit. But I think at the end of the day – you got to nut up or shut up. And this is Michigan's time for that. I think this is the time you got to nut up. Uh, I'm tired of hearing about, you know, moral victories or not moral victories, but, you know. No, moral victories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you got to, you know, show up now. This is the time where you have to get past that moral victory and get a real victory on the books, you know, beat a good team and get over that hump. 100% 100% agree. I, we talked about this a couple podcasts ago. You, you look at these games. You had Purdue. You had Virginia. You had uh, North Carolina. You had I, – I'm, I know there's a ton more. But you had a lot of games here that came down the wire. Kentucky came down to the wire. You lost. You haven't really won a game that feels like it came down to the wire against a good team. Here's your chance to shut up everybody that keeps talking about, oh, they can't win these big games, you know. Here's your chance to get on the national map again. You know, you're not going to be talking about, oh, this is the best team in basketball, but you can put yourself on the map again where people aren't talking about you. You know, I listen to CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast all the time. They haven't talked about Michigan since the very beginning of the year, or if they do, it's just because, oh, they're playing Purdue. It's not like they're not talking about Michigan. They're talking about Purdue playing Michigan. Right. And if you win this Indiana game, people are just going to start to buzz. That 11.9% chance to make tournament is going to shoot up. Since February 3rd, they've been ninth in tournament, ninth overall, the ninth best team in the country since February 3rd. Now, that's it's about a week, maybe, yeah, it's six days. So it's, it's not a big 
big stretch of games or anything by any sense, but that's two, three games where you're looking at Michigan. You're like, okay, this is a good team. Now you got to look at who they played too, but that's good three games where Michigan has been competing. There is enough talent to do, honestly, almost anything with this team. There's enough talent there to do almost anything. And it just hasn't been put together. I heard the sad the other day. I might, I might mess up this quote, but it was <laughs> lots of talent, not a good basketball team. It was it was something to that extent. It wasn't mm-hmm. exactly that, but I heard it somewhere. And, and that kind of summed up. They're actually talking about North Carolina and Kentucky which two teams that lots of talent, they're not a very good basketball team. Something fundamentally fundamentally bad basketball team with lots of talent. That's the exact quote, I think. And that's what I think Michigan is. Fundamentally bad basketball team with lots of talent. I couldn't agree more with that. However, it could all switch with these two games. Home against Indiana at Wisconsin. No, we didn't talk much about the Wisconsin game, but really, if you're a Michigan fan, your main focus should be that Indiana game. On the other side of things, uh, a team that – instead of being, you know, going on these three-win streaks, three-game losing streaks, has been just very win-loss, win-loss, up and down, maybe win two here, win-lose two here, you know, up and down. Michigan State sitting here at 15-9. and nine. They lost on Saturday inside Madison Square Garden against Rutgers, 61-55, to and then went back home to the Breslin on Tuesday and beat Maryland 63-58. to That Rutgers game... Uh, I did not catch most, most of that Rutgers game, caught a very little bit. Uh, it looked like it was very up and down. There was there was a bunch of swings in that game and a lot of sorts of things like that. In that Maryland game, I did catch all of that game. Michigan State got off to a very, very quick lead, and it looked like they were going to pull away with the game early, and then all of a sudden Maryland punched back and punched back and punched back, and all of a sudden that game was Maryland was up maybe four or six at one point. You're thinking, dang, is, is Maryland going to win this game inside the Breslin? Is Michigan State in trouble? Because you're thinking that could put them at 14 and 10, and that's the same record Michigan has. They're both 14 and 10, and they're what? I think six and seven in Big Ten play they'd be. And you're wondering, well, is this Michigan State team going to make the tournament? But then Tyson Walker happened. He hit two big threes, had ended on a good stretch, and and ended up they ended up winning that game. And that was a very important win in my mind for Michigan State. They, they needed that win to not necessarily stay in tournament contention because I think they're in tournament contention either way, but to, you know, almost solidify their chances of making the tournament. Talking about making the tournament, they have 78.3% chance to make the tournament. Brett, what do you make of the Spartans team? Uh, you know what? I think in just about every aspect, this Spartan team is the complete opposite of the Michigan team. Yeah, I think they have maybe – Less talent than Michigan team, but they're a solid Tom Izzo basketball team. They have the exact fundamentals that Michigan doesn't have. I think on the opposite side, uh, like record-wise, Michigan started out a little bit hotter in the season. uh, Beat What was it? Kentucky starting the season. They were ranked four at the Mm -hmm. time. But since then, they've kind of mellowed out a little bit. Uh, Michigan, the opposite, you know, uh, kind of fell off, but now they're starting to get hot again. But uh, I think the outlook the rest of the season, I think Michigan State has good chances to make the tournament. I think they've got a pretty easy schedule, uh, at least leading up to the Michigan game. They've got Ohio State. They've got Minnesota. They've got a couple tougher games. Uh, they got Michigan, Indiana. But after that, Iowa, Nebraska, I think this team's got good chances to make the tournament. And I think oh, – Yeah, I think they're going to the tournament easily. Oh, yeah. I think uh... – 
right now I'd put them maybe seven seed, eight seed. I think yeah. they could they could find their way into a six five seed, which if you're Michigan State's a huge win for you because you know as a Michigan State fan, and I've said this before on the podcast, you know they're gonna be like, Oh, what a great opportunity to have Michigan State and Kansas play in the first weekend of basketball as a seven versus two game or a six versus three game and and it sucks for Michigan State fans because you're playing a freaking blue blood powerhouse program that's always in the tournament, always good, and, and it's tough to get those teams. I, I think that it'll it'll do them a lot better if they're a six or a five and, and they kind of can escape that Kansas type, you know, matchup where they throw them into it. You mentioned it. I'll mention it again. They have Ohio State and Minnesota this coming up this week. Both those games on the road, both those games, you know, against not very good teams that they should handle. Ohio State on the road might maybe could be a little tough, but yep. I, I think that's a game that if you're a state fan, you expect to win. Minnesota on the road, you definitely expect to win as a state fan. So as long as they take care of business there, 17 and 9, I think that would would that put them into the Michigan game? Uh that would put them into the Michigan game. Yeah. Yes. So that'll put them into the Michigan game, 17 and 9 going into Chrysler. Depending on what Michigan does this week, that could be a monster game. More for Michigan than Michigan State, but that could be a huge game. So we've talked about Michigan. We've talked about Michigan State. Now we're going to talk about the NBA basketball team we have here in Detroit. They've made a trade recently. They have. I'm going to have. Unfortunately, Brett, they have. <laughs> Brett says unfortunately. So, Brett, why don't you tell us a little about that trade here? Yeah, so just a little recap of this trade here so the pistons uh recently were part of a three-team trade uh in which they received james wiseman uh the former number two overall pick from the warriors uh they gave up sadiq bay to the atlanta hawks um, they gave up kevin knox to the golden state warriors uh the warriors also received five second rounders from the hawks uh, and that's basis of that trade right there um all around i think this is a terrible trade for the pistons Stay it out, it is i will let them know i mean sadiq bay is a better basketball player than james wiseman in every aspect of the game and you gave up i mean not giving up a whole lot in kevin knox but that's still another guy you gave up a two for one in which you got the worst overall player James. To that, why are we getting another big man? Exactly. I know I'm sure you'll touch on that, but but what is the point of getting another big man when you have right. You've Durant, got Bagley, Isaiah well, Stewart. Isaiah Stewart. I yeah. mean, maybe looking to even draft Victor yeah, Wembanyama we'll next Wimbenyana. year in the draft, hopefully. But I mean, if you do that, that gives you five big men. That's that's you know quite a lot right there. It's like Troy thinks we're still playing in the eight. That's what it looks like. Nice. And I. You know, wouldn't even say Wiseman's the best big. I'd say he's probably my least favorite big man out of all five of those. Oh, yeah. I don't know how much he'll see the floor, man. I don't. I mean, he's barely seen the floor in the three years he's been in the league. Uh, Health-wise, he's significantly worse than Sadiq Bey. James Wiseman played 39 games his rookie year, got injured, missed missed his entire sophomore season, only played 21 games this year got sent down to the G League. He's only played a total of 60 games in almost a full three season in the NBA. Sadiq Bey has played 203 games in the exact same time. 
I don't. <sighs> Another thing you can look at at Wiseman, I'm a big college basketball guy. So I remember when he was at Memphis, he quit the team mid-year. Quit the team That's mid-year right. at Memphis. If he keeps having these injuries, keeps getting sent down to the G League, I know he stuck around for, what did you say, three years? Three years, yep. How much longer is he going to stick around? Doing this basketball thing, if he's going to be a bench player that right. keeps getting hurt. Right. Like, it feels like they gave away. I don't know what the what, what was the deal on. Do you know the deal on Sadiq's contract at all? Um, I'm not sure if, off the top of my head. Yeah. I, I want to say it was on contract maybe two more years. That sounds about right. So you're giving up a guy that you had protected for at least the rest of this year, maybe a whole extra year. And – and for a guy that is not a very talent, I mean, he's very talented. He has all the talent in the world. Yep. But here, you know, I'm talking myself in circles right here, but here's the other thing. You're getting a guy who's raw and, and, un, and talented, but not very unproven. polished, unproven, with a coach that is, to, to say it how it is, a coach that sucks. Yeah, I mean. You know, he, he was good in Toronto. Like, I'm not. He was. Nothing, but. A coach that is a a coach for a team that is ready to win now. Yes. And we're a team that is ready to make that push to win now, but he can't get us there. Right. So why are you getting a guy that's a that's a developmental guy that needs to be a project for a coach that doesn't know how to deal with a project? Right. And statistically, Sadiq is all around better than Wiseman as well. Yeah. Uh, in his, you know, two years that he's played in the league, he's averaged. Uh, nine points, five rebounds, less than one assist. Sadiq, in the same time where he's played more games, he's got 14 and a half points a game, five rebounds, two assists. He's all around in every aspect. I mean, playing on the floor, better than Wiseman. He's a better fit on the team. He's statistically better. He's more consistent with his health. I, I don't know. I want whatever Troy Weaver's smoking because I don't <laughs> understand this trade for the Pistons at all in their outlook. Uh, so I'm going to ask you this. You mentioned the Troy Weaver smoking. Not that we're going to get into Troy Weaver smoking habits, but what do you think about Troy Weaver for the future for the Pistons? You know, I think this is one move that's bad. I wouldn't say that this is enough to get rid of him. I think after all the things he's done that have, you know, been more effective than what we've had in the past. I think this is too much to say, or too little, sorry, to say that, you know, he should be on the way out. But I don't like this trade at all. Yeah. But, it, you know, if he keeps making moves like this, then maybe it's time to start bringing that up. But I think it's, this is too early for that. Yeah, I agree. I think this isn't a strictly Detroit thing. We've seen it a lot in Detroit sports with – Dan Campbell at the beginning of last year, Jim, or Jim, yeah, well, shoot, Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> I wasn't going to say Jim Harbaugh, but that reminded me, Jim Harbaugh a couple years back, Jawan Howard right now. Right. You see this a lot where this is really just an all sports thing, not a Detroit thing, but people like to move on people really quick. People are impatient. People are very impatient. They like to turn on people real quick. I think that you would have loved to see some improvement from the Detroit Pistons, and there was a lot of hype going into the year. And they haven't really fulfilled that hype, much like the opposite of what the Lions did. They had a ton of hype. Not sure that hype went away when they started one six. Or was it one six or one seven? One of those two. Somewhere I think it was one six because they, yeah, yeah. one six. And then 
they built that back up, got all the hype back, and ended up with like finishing the season completely with a winning record. Yeah, fully high note. Fully yep, of what the beginning of the year was, and I think that you look at that, and then you look at the Pistons, and you're like, well, that's that's not good. Like the Detroit <laughs> Lions are our best organization right now, and we expected the Pistons to be probably a step ahead of where the Lions are going to be right now. Oh yeah, and. Uh, so I understand why you're like, oh, it's Troy Weaverly guy, but then you look at the freaking trades he's made, and this dude is a wizard. <laughs> well, so, was a wizard. Was was a wizard. Yes, sorry. Let me rephrase that. Is a draft wizard. How about we put it that way? There you go. He's a draft, a draft wizard. Draft wizard because I don't remember what he. I think he made maybe a good trade at the trade deadline last year. I think I remember something. I don't remember exactly what it was. Might have made something. Yeah, something. <laughs> I think it was something small, but that people were like, oh, that's a steal. But the things he's done in the draft have been have been very very good, and you can't forget about that because you know you got Cade Cunningham, right? Jalen Duran, right? Uh, who else? Those those two drafts, Cade Jalen. I mean J uh, Jay Nivy. Yeah. Uh, Might be everything of note. He didn't draft Killian, did he? I don't think so. Yeah. I think that was he's not dumb enough for that. Hey. I want him off the team, man. <laughs> I would have been happy to give up Killian for Wiseman, but that's about it. I've heard that. I've heard that a couple places. Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a. You think of like the Riddler sign where he's got the big question mark. You know what I mean? Yep. That's what I think of when I think of this trade. It's very confusing. It it, it is very confusing. Yep. Yeah. You got anything else more on that? That's pretty much all I got to say about that. Yeah, I, I think that about sums up the basketball portion of this podcast. All right, now, as you guys should all know, the greatest of all time. Greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, you could argue he might be the one of the best athletes, other than Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut, okay. <laughs> He's the only guy that had more champions than him. Championships than him. Uh, I mean, you got, like, Michael Phelps. Okay. Got his gold medals. Those gold medals. Those yeah. are gold medals. Those don't count. Oh, don't ca- – oh, okay. Do you call a gold medal a championship, Brett? I'd call it a world-class victory. Yeah, but not a championship. <laughs> not a championship. Let's count let, – let me – here, let me count with you. One, two, join it. Three, four, five, six, six, seven. Stop. That's how many championships that Tom Brady has won. Nobody other than Joey Chestnut, the hot dog eating champion of the world, has won more championships than Tom Brady. How does that make you feel, Brett? You know – Say it's kind of disappointing you losing to somebody that eats uh, wieners all day, but that is you know. true. You know, I did not think about the wiener eating portion of the. Uh... Gosh, we should get off. All right, so Tom Brady retired. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Ba- back on schedule here. Tom Brady retired. He had a he had a wonderful career, and as most of you guys know, everybody should know this. If you don't, I'm gonna smack Joe. Uh, he went to Michigan. Was there from 1996 to 1999. If you don't know that, it's okay. You don't get a smack. But I'll smack was you. There from 1996 to 1999. Uh, he was 20 and five in his Michigan career. You know he had the Drew Henson thing. Uh, we were not around for his Michigan career. Not quite. Not quite. Nope. So I'm, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't remember much of that because I wasn't there for it. So I could say I don't remember any of it. However, reading around the world. We had a marketing teacher, Mr. Holder, fantastic man, loved to bring up the Drew Henson-Tom Brady story 
whenever I would say start JJ McCarthy last year because I'm the biggest JJ fan in the world over Kay McNamara two years ago. And there was a big controversy. Love to bring up Tom Brady, Drew Hudson. Tom Brady was Kay McNamara in this situation. He was the guy that started that everyone was like, oh, well, what about Drew Hudson? I want Drew Hudson to start. Tom Brady started. And then the media came in and told, was it Carr? Was Carr the coach at that time? I think it was, yep. We're going to go with Carr. If we're wrong, find us, hunt us down. You know, it is what it is. Our fault. Carr listened to the media, put Drew Henson in, and they lost a couple games because of it. Had a chance to win a national championship. Lost a couple games because of it. Tom Brady has every right to maybe hate Michigan for that. He doesn't. He has a little retirement post on Instagram. It was real cute. He had a Michigan picture of him in Michigan. Yeah. You know, if he didn't post that, I don't know if he would have had anything from his Michigan career anywhere. Doesn't seem like social media. Yeah. I mean, he's been to Michigan a couple times, so we know there's no bad blood there. But he he doesn't post Michigan on social media a lot, which, you know what, he probably has enough to post about with his his supermodels and. Yeah. Championship football, trophies. Kissing you know, all, his kids. All seven. Kissing his kids. Yeah. Kissing, yeah. Was it Roger? Who was it? I don't Robert know. Robert Kraft. Yeah, kiss Robert. Too many guys. I think Chip, yeah. You know, this is supposed to be a Tom Brady love portion, so we should probably get off to kissing. All right, all right. But let's let's go back into his career. Six-round pick in the league. You know, he's thinking, oh, I'm never going to start by the Patriots. All of a sudden. Drew Bledsoe, the quarterback of the Patriots at the time, got hurt. Tom Brady comes in. 2000 was his rookie year. Didn't play. 2001, Drew Bledsoe goes down. The rest was history. Won his Super Bowl, the first Super Bowl of his career in 2001. His first year starting for the Patriots and stole the job from there. We also were not around for that one. Can't talk about that. Not quite. Yet to be conceived. Yet to be conceived. Yes. That's one way to put it. And then won six more Super Bowls in his career. I think he won one. I don't have all the numbers written down. I think he won one in 2004. Sure. You know what? I'm going to look it up. I have most of them written down. Let me look it up for you guys so I can give you guys the best content. Are you looking it up? Yeah. Okay. Well, Brett's going to look it up, and I'm just going to fill time talking about Tom Brady and how he was a fantastic quarterback for the Michigan Wolverines and the New England Patriots and how he is the greatest of all time. There is no debating that. Someone could catch him in the future, but it's very unlikely. Let's see they were back to back. Oh, 2001 and 2002. Yep. And then, so that's two. That's two. I have one, two, three, four written down. What, What other years here? Let's keep going. Other years here? What other years did he win? I need, I need two more. One, two, three, four. I need one more year. He won in 2001, 2002, back to back. Yep. Was the hot commodity of the league. Well, no. 2004. 2002, 2004. Oh, 2002, 2004, 2005. 2005. Okay, okay, okay. Yep. Because 2002 was technically 2001 season. I had right, right. The season. Because yep. that's when the season started. Super Bowl in 2002. Then one in 04 and 05, back to back. Three Super Bowls. He was probably 28 at the time. Before he was before yep. he was thirty, that's for that's for sure. Yeah, I think he was twenty seven. Three Super Bowls before he was thirty, and that's unprecedented. And then comes the Super Bowls. You and I remember. Oh yeah. However, before that, we got to talk about that undefeated season in two thousand eight. Now, sure, it was ruined by the helmet catch. Yeah, that's right. But 
I don't remember another team going undefeated other than those Dolphins. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember having that. So I, I would just like to say maybe the greatest team of all time. Didn't get it done, though. Didn't get it done. Didn't get it done. Didn't get it done. So that that's a whole different argument. Yeah. Tom Brady might have led the greatest team of all time. 2015. Seattle Seahawks. People are going to remember this game for one uh, call that might have been the wrong call by uh, a coach in might have Might be an understatement, yeah. Uh, should have ran the ball. However, me, a very big Chiefs, or Chiefs, very big Patriots fan at the time. Very was glad. Ec- was ecstatic. Yeah. Ecstatic. Uh, <clears throat> Thankfully, my uh, Patriots fandom decided to wear out, you know, after that Super Bowl. And, you know, I didn't get to enjoy the fact that he won 2017 and 2019. And they were good every single year. <laughs> However... <laughs> Me liking the Patriots in 2015 was very excited when that when that uh, when they did not run the ball. Which I remember I was actually in my mom's bedroom, like because the parents were partying. That sounds weird. The parents were partying <laughs> downstairs, as parents do hmm. on Super Bowl. Okay, right? we were down there for most of the game. They're like, "Oh, go to bed. It's late." Because you know we're young young fellas, and we set us up. So we put it on the TV in my mom's room. Me and my three brothers. I remember just jumping up and down, screaming. Do you remember where you were when that happened? I feel like it's one of those moments, like, you know, <laughs> say 9-11. Don't say that. <laughs> it was one of those moments where you just remember where you were when it happened. When you heard the news, when it, when it happened. Just one of those moments. So yeah. where were you when uh, they did not run the ball? And I want to say I was just at my house with uh, our friend Logan watching that game. Was not here. And, uh, you know, I remember just being in an utter state of shock watching that game and watching that ball go right through his hands and get intercepted on the goal line. Yep, that's right, Malcolm Butler. Butler. I was going to say it earlier, but I wasn't wasn't sure. Yeah, I wasn't 100% sure. Malcolm Butler. Yeah, and we're talking about the complete wrong thing right now because we should be talking about Tom Brady. Yeah. However, let's remember the fat part of the game that he led them to what seemed to be a game-winning drive in the fourth quarter until all of a sudden, what people forget, remember that Tyler Lockett catch where it bounced off his leg? I think it bounced off a Patriots defender's leg, Tyler Lockett's like back and his helmet, and then fell into his hands. I think I might remember that. Yep. Yeah, and that got him to where they were. Without that, people are talking about Tom Brady's fantastic miracle drive down the field. In the end of that game, in the fourth quarter, to win the game in 2015. Yep. That's what you should be talking about that Super Bowl. Now, everybody's going to remember for the Malcolm Butler catch, the interception, they should have gave the ball to Marshawn Lynch because when you have Marshawn Lynch on the one-yard line, you give him the goddamn ball. However, they didn't do that. Yeah, but that – That's what I'm really going to remember. Completely overshadowed that drive that they had. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now let's talk about that 2017 Super Bowl. That might have been – that was – Probably my favorite to watch. Tell us why, Brett. For those of well, us that don't know, what happened in that Super Bowl that was so? I think uh, Matt Ryan could tell you exactly. Oh, why. Ooh, Matt Ryan could tell you about baby. a lot of things. He could tell you about a lot of things, Brett. He could tell you what about twenty-seven of them? Taking shots, Brett. Taking shots. 
a great game. I mean, was that the biggest comeback in the Super Bowl history, I believe? It was indeed. I can tell you that for a fact. Yeah. I mean, was that 27-3? to three uh, the, Yes, it was. Yeah. In the, what, third or fourth quarter? Third. Third. That's right. Yeah. But, I mean, that was a great comeback, great game to watch, I think. I mean, game that could have been turned off at halftime. Because it looked like it was just over. And then Tom Brady said, just well, let me enter the chat. Turned it on. Flipped that switch. Let me enter the chat. Yep. Decided it's to like show up. Billy Keenis told us to crank it up. <laughs> Tom Brady cranked that thing up. He cranked oh, yeah. it up. He turned it on. <laughs> Dude, he – that watching that Super Bowl was one of the most memorable experiences of my life. I was so ecstatic that the Falcons are about to win. <laughs> Not that I'm a Falcons fan by any means, but I was just very happy that the Falcons were going to win, and then all of a sudden my heart was ripped out of my chest by Tom Brady. And, and he did that to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. He was a master at it and had celebrated. He's going to be celebrated for it for a long time. Anything else in that 17 Super Bowl? I don't think there's really no. anything. Got 19 Rams, you know, that was a boring Super Bowl. That was perhaps the most boring. Like yeah. Yeah. Let's not talk about that very boring. much other than the fact that, woohoo, top right, he's in Super Bowls. And then he left the Patriots. Left Bill. <laughs> the question was, was it Bill or was it Tom? Who was winning it? I believe we have the answer. I think in 2021 we got that answer. Now, okay, Bill is still a very, very good coach. Let's not take anything away from oh, yeah. Bill. But, but Tom Brady left the Patriots to go to the Buccaneers and then won the Super Bowl in 2021 against the Chiefs. 31-9, something like that. Sounds Embarrass them. Embarrass the Chiefs. When he won that Super Bowl in 2021, it was, in my opinion – it was already not debatable that he was the greatest of all time. But that solidified it. If there was any need for any type of solidification, him leaving the team that he was on for his whole career, leaving the coaching staff, leaving everything he was with for his whole entire career, going to the Buccaneers and saying, this is my team, and winning a Super Bowl with him proves that there's going to be no one like him ever. Yeah. I, I, I that In our lifetime, I don't see anyone catching him. Now people are going to be like, oh, well, Mahomes won this Super Bowl. He has a pat. Yeah, sure. He has a path. People don't understand how unreal people like like me and you in our timeline and you know people younger than or older than us in their timeline, I don't think they, they really grasp or fully understand how dominant Tom Brady what is or was. Now he's now it's a was. I guess that's weird to say. But was. Mm-hmm. I Quarterbacks think... struggle to win once like two Super Bowls. Right. Aaron Rodgers won one Super Bowl. Yep. Drew Brees won. No, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, I think, has won. Uh, maybe. There's a, a bunch of quarterbacks who have one Super Bowl. It is tough to win two Super Bowls, much right. less seven. Seven Super Bowls is insane. Yep. Five MVPs in that tenure, too. Yes. Unreal. Yeah. Just total domination of football for 2000 to 2020. It is two decades. Three. That's over 20 years. That's longevity. Is I believe like nothing we'll ever see again. There's never going to be anyone like him ever again. I, I I'm saying it now, in our lifetime, there will never be a quarterback like him. I, agree I don't with think that. so. I, I don't know. I know everyone's trying to make the new next dynasty, and so maybe dynasties are, are easier to come by now than they were back in the day. Which you, know, I you think still so. had the 49ers dynasty, but still winning seven Super Bowls is unreal. I could see maybe a quarterback getting to five, four. Even yep. then, maybe two in our lifetime, seven. Seven it's Super that. Bowls. Yep. 
Unreal. Unreal. Hey, what what I gotta ask you, what is your favorite Tom Brady moment? Favorite Tom it could be something we already talked about. I know we went through we went through all the super we went yeah. through all the Super Bowls. So what what is your favorite Tom Brady? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like we talked about, I didn't get to, you know, see him playing at Michigan, anything like that. Yeah, see him with uh Randy or Right. Didn't really get to see a whole lot of his, you know, early Super Bowls, yeah. anything like that. Uh, but I'd say, you know, from what I got to watch, uh, I'd say that 2017 Super Bowl was by far my favorite to watch. You know, maybe not the greatest if you're on the opposing side of that. No. Uh, maybe a little gut-wrenching no, for I sure. Mean, yeah, for sure it was gut-wrenching, but you have to respect what he did in that exactly. Super Bowl, no matter what, just the way he came back from that. Because there's a lot of quarterbacks in Aaron Rodgers who would quit. <laughs> who quit. Right. You throw in the towel and call it done. Just be like, all right, I want to go home. I want my season to be over. We had a good run, boys, but it's over. But he didn't. He nutted up. He nutted up and shut up the offense. See how I did that there? There you go. That was pretty cool. All right, so my favorite Tom Brady moment. There's a lot to choose from. I think this is weird. It's not necessarily a Tom Brady moment. But when he was on the Patriots, I don't know the year. This is terrible podcast. <laughs> don't know the year. Don't remember the game. He threw a pass to Julian Edelman, and then Julian Edelman threw a touchdown pass in the playoffs. I thought it was the coolest thing ever as I was like a young little kid <laughs> watching the playoffs. I want to say maybe 2012, 2013 playoffs. Maybe it was a couple years later. But just watching that was awesome. Seeing him compete against Peyton Manning. You know, Peyton Manning could never get over the Tom Brady hump until he finally did. I think maybe once or twice, you know, just all of those things that that he did. He he, he honestly changed football. Yep. Changed football. What a legacy he had. For sure. All right. Are you uh, anything else on Thomas? I think that just about sums it up. That was a long segment on Thomas, but yeah. I think it was well-deserved for the greatest I agree. to ever do it. I think the 20 plus year career deserves at least 15 minutes. Yep. It kept playing, maybe reached <laughs> chestnuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So I don't know, but uh, if you know this, but, uh, you're sitting here with a, a guy who went three and two on his picks last week. Last I checked, that's above 500. There you go. Three and two. I was doing really good, and then all of a sudden, the Carolina game just punched me in the mouth. And then last night, Freaking Penn State didn't clutch up for me. I could have been four and one, or maybe even five and zero. Oh, but the refs had other options in the Carolina game, and then uh, so did the Carolina basketball team. Which we're not going to get into that. But I think it's time to make some picks, Brett. All right, it's time to make some picks. I got five games for you. All okay. of them in Big Ten play this week. Okay. No Michigan. No Michigan State. <laughs> you ready okay. for this? Sure. You should be ecstatic. Let's get into it. Why don't you jump in off your chair or on the edge of your seat for this, okay? All right. All right. Oh, boy. Saturday, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Rutgers takes on Illinois. Yep. At Illinois. What's your pick, Fred? You know, I'm actually going to go ahead and take Illinois in this game. I think uh, Rutgers happens to be ranked right now, but I think these are two teams that have very similar records. I think Illinois maybe needs this game a little bit more. Uh, so I think they're going to be able to pull that one off at home. You're wrong. <laughs> I think you're wrong. Here's why, Brett. 
Rutgers is a team that has been holding teams to within 50 points, under 50 points for their past couple games, I think excluding Indiana. I think Indiana scored more than 50, but has holding teams under 50 points for their past freaking what seems like six months of basketball. So, so even like the beginning of the season, they were holding teams under 50 points. This Illinois team is a team that breaks really easily, and I think that this Rutgers team is, is built to beat this Illinois team. Hopefully, I'm right. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> However, I could see a very, very uh, – easy path where you're right because Illinois decides to, you know, show up one time and not show up the other time. And you never really know what's going to happen with Illinois basketball. Yep. So I'm taking Rutgers because I think they're a little bit more predictable than uh, Illinois. And I think they're a little bit better. Next game, Sunday, 12 o'clock Eastern time, the Penn State Nittany Lions travel to Maryland to take on the Maryland Terrapins. What do you got right here? Um, you know, looking at that game, I think Maryland's going to be able to take that one at home. I think, uh, you know, they're maybe in a better position to make a push at the end of the year here. Neither, neither team is, you know, in a great position tournament-wise. Uh, but I think Maryland's going to be able to sneak that one out at home. Maryland's sneaking out at home. All right. I, I think I agree here. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think – Maryland is a team that, you know, coming off that loss at Michigan State is a team that's going to be juiced, ready to, you know, kick somebody's booty. And they're a team that has really been a different team at home than they've been away. They've been a very, very talented team when they play inside their own arena. But when they play away, you know, not not as good of a team. And I think that coming at home against maybe a desperate Penn State team, so maybe, you know, that's the way you see a Penn State win because they're pretty desperate looking for a win here. However, I think that Maryland's just a far better team, and and I think they come away with a win here. Next up, Tuesday, seven o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, Illinois takes on the Penn State Nittany Lions inside Penn State. What you got? You know, I think looking at that game, I think, like you just said, Penn State's kind of desperate. I think Illinois, maybe a little inconsistent. I think. Penn State's going to be grasping for something at the end of the year. I think Penn State's going to be able to pull that one out at home. I'm going to go against you again, Brett. Oh. I hate picking Illinois. I hate Illinois with a passion. If you're an Illinois fan, come for me. I don't care. I hate you. Um, <laughs> Illinois fans just – oh, it's not going to Illinois fans. They're like the, – they ruined my life. But I think that Illinois is going to win this game. So if you're an Illinois fan, woohoo, I picked against you in the first one. Here you go. Here's your little bone I'm throwing you. Be happy with me because I don't want to deal with you whining in my ear. But uh, <laughs> I think Illinois is a better team than Penn State. I think Penn State, you know, two straight, maybe it might be three straight. But I know they lost last night against Wisconsin. They might have lost the game before. It could be three straight losses uh, going into this game. I think they're going to get a fourth. I think that they're really, really struggling lately. And this is a team that is ready to break, and I think they might break in this game. Next game we got here, Wednesday, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Indiana traveling to Northwestern. What do you got here, Brett? Uh, I got Indiana taking that game by a landslide. Amen. A landslide, you say? Well, I mean, maybe not a landslide, but I think they're going to win handily. I think uh, maybe not a landslide. I think this might be a little closer than you're saying here, Brett. Northwestern is a good basketball team. They've been playing pretty well as of late. You know, ups and downs. They're coming off that little COVID pause. But still, I think this is a team that could – give Indiana a run for their money, especially away. And, I mean, I don't want to say trap game because, you know, it's Michigan. So it's not like Indiana's really like, oh, this is a big game. But 
it's going to be a tough game against a Michigan team that's playing really good. A physical, probably physical game if Michigan plays the right way. Coming off a physical game, traveling to Northwestern, this could be a tough game for uh, Indiana. And I think, uh, with that being said, I, I don't think Northwestern wins. I think Indiana. Wins. <laughs> <laughs> so I just hyped up Northwestern. They're going to lose. So, but yeah, I got Indiana. Your final pick of the day. Well, we'll pick the Super Bowl. Final college basketball pick of the day. Okay. Purdue travels to Maryland six thirty on Thursday. What you got? I don't think that's even the question. I think Purdue is by far the best team in the Big Ten. I think that other game might not be a landslide. I think this game definitely will be. I think, you know, they're not an unbeatable team, uh, but I think they're by far the best team in the Big Ten. And I think, without a doubt, they beat Maryland. Maryland. Really? Gone Maryland. Really? I'm calling my shot here. You know, it is an upset. My guess is it'll be an upset. Maryland, like I said earlier, is a different team inside their own arena. I think this is a team that's really good. You know, I don't know how they're going to guard Zach Eady, Julian Reese. You know, maybe I have to step up defensively. Julian Reese is going to have to step up defensively for Maryland. I think there's a team that could play with Purdue, and, and I think that there's size. Not necessarily their size, but they're, I think Jameer Young could give Foster Lawyer and oh, Braden Smith a little bit of trouble on Maryland's offensive side of the court, just with his speed. I don't know. I you know everything says that you should pick Purdue. I'm gonna call my shot and take Maryland. Now that we've wrapped up our picks, we're gonna get into our final, final thing here. It's the Super Bowl. Oh, a little, little, big thing right there. I say it's pretty minute. Yeah. It's only the biggest game of the year for the NFL. Yeah. Ah. 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 All right. So. <laughs> Sunday, February 12th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can watch it on Fox. Fox. That's what I thought. Eagles are favored by one and a half. They're taking on the Chiefs inside State Farm Arena, I want to believe, in Glendale, Arizona. It's not arena. It's a field. State Farm Field. Something like that. Something. You know, it's in Arizona. It's it's close It's in Arizona, and the Chiefs and the Eagles are playing. That's all I care about. What do you got, Brett? You know, I think... With the spread here. With the spread? Yeah, I mean, it's not that big of a spread, but no, just it's keep not. It that into account. Uh, I think this is going to be a close game, no matter which way it goes. Uh, so I definitely see the Chiefs covering this spread. Um, you know, only one and a half. I could see him maybe losing by one, but if not, I see him winning this game. Uh, but I think Chiefs definitely cover the spread on this game. What do you got Chiefs for that? Chiefs covering one and a half. Oh, boy. Andy Reid off the bat. Andy Reid off the bat. Andy Reid off the bat. Andy Reid is coming off the bye, playing in the Super Bowl against his former team that employed him. They fired him because he could not win a Super Bowl. The Chiefs win. I think they win it by at least a touchdown. At least a touchdown. At least a touchdown. Okay. I can go in depth here on a big analysis on this game. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Andy Reid off the bye is all you need to know. All you need to know. Anything else we need to talk about here, you think? If you don't want to give your in-depth analysis, then I don't think so. Oh, gosh. The in-depth analysis really what the people want, Brett? Uh, It might be. All right. In-depth analysis. At least a glimpse. Just a glimpse. All right. You have the Chiefs. Everybody's favorite or least favorite team. Yeah, there's not really no in-between there. Yeah. Uh, you got Travis Kelsey. You're, 
the storylines for the Chiefs, as I said earlier, Andy Reid was the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, got fired because he couldn't. I don't know if he was fired or if it was one of those, oh, a mutual leave where he was pretty much fired. He was asked to leave the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles organization as their head coach because he couldn't win a Super Bowl. They got rid of him because he couldn't win a Super Bowl. And he went to the Chiefs and now has won a Super Bowl and it's going back to his third Super Bowl in five years. Yep. This is a personal game for him. It's personal. Now, he went in an interview and was like, it's not personal. It's personal. It's personal. As well as the fact for Mahomes, everybody said, oh, how are you going to win without Tyreek Hill? Well, you know what? He's shut up all those people already. I'm sure he would like to shut them up just even a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Also, Mahomes' legacy, two Super Bowls in five years is unreal. It is. Whereas, on the other hand, if he loses, he's been to five straight AFC championship games and came out one Super Bowl. I don't know. Yeah, it could be a, you know, big I'm the biggest Mahomes fan you know, around, not necessarily around, but I'm a pretty big Mahomes fan. And and I think either way, you still have to gawk at the fast that he's been the five straight AFC championship games. But yep. that's just, you know, what you could say for the for the Chiefs as well as the fact that Travis Kelsey's playing his brother, Jason Kelsey. Now, you don't have a brother, Brett. I do not. I have the, you know, Jacob and Caleb, I have the, the great, great, great gift Gift. Having two wonderful brothers. Oh, wonderful! Wonderful, brothers. wonderful. That's one way to put if, it. No, no, wonderful <laughs> brothers, Brett. If, 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 let's just say we're both famous athletes in the NFL. If I want a Super Bowl against the other brother, that ring is on my finger every single time I see that brother. Every time. Oh yeah. And it's and you know what finger it's going to be on. I think I do. My ring finger. Oh, oh. yeah, but that'll yeah. be the middle finger from now on. <laughs> whenever he gets me, you know, whenever I get mad at him, I'm just gonna give him the ring finger. Yeah, he's gonna have that little ring on it. It's gonna be like, oh, Jacob McKillop, you got one of these. I think not. I do. Without winning against you. So yeah, that's probably what's going on around in the Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey uh, household right now. It's like stepbrothers at the beginning when they hate each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh -huh. Sitting in the bed. Hey, just wanted to let you know, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I love stepbrothers, but. There's a storyline for that. Another storyline for the Eagles. I don't know if you guys remember this. I do vividly. Jalen Hurts, national championship. I want to say it was 2018. Taken out at halftime. Yep. For Tua Tagovailoa. Jalen Hurts got the championship, but never really got his championship. Does he have something to prove because of his inexperience? And not inexperience. He has a lot of experience because of his lack of performance in that national championship game, maybe, maybe that's an edge that he can take. You know, these athletes these days, I don't know, I'm sure a lot of you guys watched the Last Dance documentary that came out a while ago, but so they said Michael Jordan wouldn't, didn't need a reason to, to give himself a reason to motivate himself to beat you. And that's how most athletes are. And I'm sure Jalen Hurts is thinking about that. It's like, oh, I need to prove myself. I need to prove myself. As well as a lot of us forget he's only 24 years old. Right. 24-year-old quarterback. He could be the next star quarterback of the league. If he wins the Super Bowl, he could be projecting to that direction. And you have Nick Sirianni, a young head coach, much like Doug Peterson when he came in, looking to win that Super Bowl and looking to be the next great Eagles coach. Yep. There's lots of storylines both ways for both of these teams. I think where this game is going to be decided is in the offensive line. on Offensive and defensive line, the offensive line of the Chiefs, defensive line of the Eagles. Patrick Mahomes is dealing with that little ankle thing. Who knows how good or bad he's going to be when he gets to, you know, the Super Bowl time. 
but if he gets hit too many times, you know, that's going to start bugging him yep. and he's going to struggle. I think you got to limit Hassan Reddick. You got to limit the Eagles defensive line. You got to limit their blitzes. You got you to be able to counter everything that they're going to throw at you because you know they're going to throw the house at you and more. Pulling out all the tricks, all oh, the yeah. stops this week. Yep, and I think the Bengals tried to do that, and I don't think it worked very well, and that's why I think the Chiefs are going to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's that's all I got. What did you, Do you have some expert analysis for me? No, that, that's about all I got. <laughs> <Yeah. too. laughs> all right, we're ready to wrap this thing up. Sounds good. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, Brett, thank you again thank for you being for... With, uh, with me today. I'm sure the audience is I, – I'm not I'm sure. I know the audience was ecstatic to hear that yeah. you were here with me today. Thank you for having me back. I'm glad I could uh, grace everybody with my presence. Oh, you trust me. It is a blessing. Yeah. It is a blessing. We are so glad to have you here. Uh, Logan, if you're listening, any, any words for him? Because you know he's listening. Uh, no, 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 no. You might be fired. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, let's try and grow this podcast, guys. You know, reach out to anybody you know. You know, try and share this podcast. If anybody who you know likes Detroit sports, likes one of the Detroit sports, likes you know anything about sports, and lives in Michigan, or just wants to hear two people talk because they like to hear people talk. Share this podcast. Share it to them. Let's get some more listeners on this bad boy. Let's uh, get some growth here. Uh, give us five stars. We're listening on Apple Podcasts. You know, five stars on Spotify. Five stars anywhere you're listening. If you can get five stars, you know, I don't know what type of Yahoo. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what Where, they Wherever do. you listen wherever to Wherever you listen to this, you know, give it a five stars. Give it a good rating. We really appreciate you guys. You guys are the reason this thing works. See ya.